Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today. We're going to do something new for the next few weeks, and I have asked none other than Keith Tusey to join us to be part of the podcast for the next few weeks. I thought maybe we could talk about some of the things we've walked through in marriage, and uh, I said to him I would call this marriage staying the course, because, you know, marriage requires that, and I had a theme verse in mind of 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And that that could sum up a lot of what we've walked through. And I can honestly say that for both of us, and I know Keith will, will attest to this, it's always been our heart to represent God's character through our marriage. And we've tried to make our decisions based on what God would want for us to do. And in the process of this objective, we have found ourselves battling many unforeseen obstacles that were pretty hard for us to navigate a lot of times. Um, For those of you that heard some of the sessions from the uh, men's conference that Keith just did with NRP, he shared about marriage and about the commitment that's involved in marriage. And he talked about that, how hard it is for him and most people to have a really godly, strong marriage that reflects the heart of God and even reflects what the husband and wife want it to be. It, it's tricky. And um, when you're dealing with people like Keith and I, who have not had any, have not been trained, not schooled in marriage at all, haven't really had a model to live that self, selflessly and with that kind of love, it, it, it's very hard. So during these next, next few podcast, I've asked Keith to join me to talk honestly and vulnerably about some of the hurdles and hardships that we've faced and how we have somewhat painstakingly moved forward and stayed in a place of covenant and love. In our 44 years as a married couple, that's how long we've been married, I'm going to ask Keith, what would you say is the most difficult thing or the greatest obstacle for you personally to really walk out your your heart's desire as a husband. There's no doubt in my mind that you want to be the very best man, the very best husband you could ever be. But as you shared at the conference, it's not easy. So maybe you could just share your perspective on that a bit. Well, I think, you know, growing into this process, uh, like you said, I think our saving grace is that we have the same goal. Uh, howbeit sometimes we've bumped heads on how to get there, but the fact that we've had the same goal of wanting to glorify the Lord. And, you know, I would just jump to the end of this and say, you know, if we were able to do that, I think anybody's able to do that. Not that we were particularly worse or bad off. And we did come into the kingdom with some handicaps and, you know, neither one of us really having parents to guide us. And, you know, except for your, your, your mom was the only parent we had between the both of us, you know, to model anything for us. Uh, So, you know, we definitely, you know, had our challenges, but the fact that we did it, I think anybody can do it. And of course the root of marriage problems is selfishness. And I think the hardest thing for me has been trying to discern you know, I I think sometimes you justify your selfishness based on you have good intentions. Mm-hmm. 
and you justify that because, oh, my intentions are good and I want the right thing, but then you act selfish in trying to get it. Not me not n- always knowing the right way to go about things. And there have been times when I probably did know the right thing and just was stubborn and refused to give in because I want I wanted to win more than I wanted a blessed house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's hard for anybody. That's something we tend to fall into is we want to protect our turf, our situ- ourselves. We want ourselves to be happy and blessed and it's it's hard to discern, like you said, sometimes. Even though your your deep heart motive is right, we still struggle with that. And I would have to say my most difficult obstacle has been uh, pressing through the times and the moments and the seasons of insecurity and being able to stay in the ring and stay engaged and not shut down and, and want to run or hide. And if you've listened to my podcast at all, you know that I, I share about the fact that I grew up feeling very, very insignificant. And I, I would often, when I was growing up, go into my room, shut the door, lean as hard as I could against the door so that no one could come in. And I would just sit there feeling hurt and rejected. And um, although I have really pursued that with God and really overcome so very much, that propensity likes to knock at the door sometimes. And so persevering, and keeping at it to love earnestly and cover a multitude of sins is is probably maybe my trickiest thing. And pursuing. Pursuing is very, very hard when you're hurt. I really believe in being a pursuer in every single relationship. I believe in not allowing it to just turn sour and be ruined and destroyed and lost. So that means you've got to be a pursuer. You've got to go after it. You can't quit. You can't throw in the towel. You can't put up such giant walls that they can't be um, broken through. So that can be hard, and especially when you, you can tend to be a bit insecure, the propensity is to say, no, I've got, I've got to protect myself. I've got to protect my heart. But when we learn how to pursue the way God pr- pursues, like the Bible talks about he relentlessly pursues us with his love, then sooner or later you're going to get there. You're going you're gonna to go after it, and you're going to, you're going to get the relationship right and restored. And God really values relationships. They're his very number one priority. And even if we're not naturally good at them, we have to still stay in the ring, so to speak, and pursue. So here's a little more uh, straightforward question. (laughs) What is the thing that I do that is most difficult for you to handle or even the most hurtful or discouraging. Mm. Gee whiz, I don't know. I never. I don't think you've ever asked me that question. I don't know. I don't think there's any like one thing you do that just like <laughs> this is a bunch of <laughs> yeah, it, like like sends me over the moon. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think that you and I have done really good on the big issues of life. Mm-hmm. Like big decisions, big challenges, big things where we felt, you know, over our head, which has been often, you know, right. in life. Right. And I think we've gotten tripped up on little things and let little things be turned into mountains sometimes. Mm-hmm. So much so that we would get tension and, and not even know really even what we were talking about anymore. We were just mad. Right. And so I, I guess I get frustrated because we are just so different in the way we process information. Our filters 
are just explain that. I I mean, I always say that Penny is a much deeper person than I am, uh, because that's really true. I mean, she processes things, her screen, her filter is like on another level. I'm more of like a straight line thinker. Give me a few pieces of information. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to roll forward. You know, she comes up with questions. Not only don't I have the answers to that. I never, I never even thought of the question to, (laughs) you know, uh, she'll ask me what I think or feel about something, neither of which have enter, entered my mind. Uh, so we just process information a lot. And so I think uh, as we've gotten older and I've learned just to like not get upset at the way she's processing, but let, you know, let you kind of run your course a little bit without mm-hmm. me trying to like mm-hmm. tweak it yeah. uh, uh, is, is uh, important. But at the same time, you know, realizing that we're one and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to voice my thoughts. I'm going to voice my opinions. I'm not going to be silent, but to just understand that like you need a lot more information to process information. You need a lot more detail. So that means you need to talk a lot more than I do. And that's not untypical in husband and wives, but I think we're the poster children for that. Mm -hmm. So I think I've learned, I guess I would say to be a better listener and to be more discerning on what you're really trying to say and not get frustrated with you when we're going over the same thing over and over again, (laughs) which to me is just like, you know, it's like chalk on a chalkboard in the natural, but you know, that's where you just got to lay yourself down and just say, this isn't, you know, they're not speaking your language. You're speaking, you're speaking your language. And I got, I got to line up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously my brain is rather, <laughs> intricate and detailed in a lot of ways and I can be complicated for oh, sure. I think you're very complicated. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> you think so very complicated. I mean it's amazing to me in most I mean I mean that in the in the most senses in a good way. There are some times where it's just like uh but you know that's who you are and and you know I love that part of you but but when I yes exactly when I can't grab hold of it then it, it I get frustrated yeah well, I get that I'm sure uh, men are always much more simple in their you know anybody will tell you that in their processes and in, in how they view things that is cut and dry in a lot of ways and women are all over the place sometimes and I'm no different in that um and my answer to that question is that the, one of the most challenging things that's maybe can be hurtful or whatever is sometimes when I'm trying to communicate maybe something that um, you might have done or said that was maybe hurtful or I felt insecure about or whatever is when you are somewhat defensive about that because, you know, and I'm sure it's not fair. But I oftentimes expect to get this carte blanche open door just to share those things and for you just to be um, sounding bored even when it's when it's about you, you know. And, and I know that's not easy for anybody because, you know, we all tend to be defensive when someone's bringing something like that to us. But and, the, and there used to be a time where I would really shut down and just feel like, okay, you're not hearing me, you know, you just want to argue, whatever. But I'm learning, like, still more and more to pursue and not to just close the door of my heart and and just say, okay, fine. I'm learning to just say, okay, you know, maybe we'll wait a little bit. We'll talk about this later. Or maybe I'll wait a little bit before I bring it up. But ultimately, the goal is to get on the same page and to, to be right about it and not to have any little 
things in our heart that aren't right toward each other. I'm not good with unresolved relational issues. I have to have my relationships in order. And when they're not, I'm one that has to find a way to get there. So I'm sure I can be over the top a bit with that sometimes, but... uh, (laughs) Well, we're both very passionate people. Mm -hmm. And we're passionate about each other. Uh, But, you know, you need more than that to have a marriage. You, You need to know how to resolve conflict and... I think one of the things that has taken us a while is really to have rules of engagement. I See, this is where I think you've really improved, honestly. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I've grown, you know, in it too. But I think the way you approach me mm-hmm. uh, is more in a, on a wavelength that I understand. And, and you're better at waiting for the better moment and, and bringing things up maybe in a way that you know, I can understand better, maybe being a little more patient before you like drop something on me. Uh, but every couple I think needs to have rules of engagement. I, and I think if you have those and they're, they're not a mystery, sit down with somebody around you that has a good marriage and ask them, how do you resolve conflict? And chances are, you're going to walk away with three or four really good nuggets that if you'll discipline yourself and stay to them, I, I think it'll be good. But a lot of times the truth is our emotion gets in the way and we want to violate those rules because we want to say or do or get our own way. And, uh, you know, we're going to win win the battle and lose the war. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times couples are intimidated to ask for help because they feel like it makes them look bad or whatever the case may be. And obviously you've been in ministry for many years and had a lot of responsibility in ministry. Mm-hmm. But we've still had to ask for help. And yeah. we still had to get help because, like we said initially, we didn't have any any training, any counseling, any anything when we entered into this deal. I remember one pastor once told us that um, Keith was dynamite and I was nitroglycerin. So, <laughs> <laughs> an interesting combination. But we have had to get help. We've had to <laughs> we've had to have counseling. We've had to go to people and be embarrassed about yeah. the the stupid things that we do, and like yeah. we we had to be really come clean and and say, you know, we're really struggling, we're really bad at this, we're really fighting, we're really, you know, and it, it's difficult, it's embarrassing, but it's necessary, and I think I think God honors that, and mm-hmm. he he honors humility in us when we're we're willing to to do that. Yeah. I, I think there's two things a guy can do that will help in almost any marriage situation. Number one, make it okay for your wife to talk to somebody. And I would say to the wives, your husband should approve that. You shouldn't just be out talking to anybody. And it, there should be a somebody, not a somebody's. You know, it should be a very, like, close, maybe a couple people, but very, you know, connected, who are objective and godly. And, you know, guys don't get offended when your wife goes and talks to them. When we do pre-marriage counseling... You know, that's what I, that's the last session is like, hey, give your wife permission, name that person who she can talk to. And then the second part is when your wife begs you to go talk to somebody, go talk to somebody. Don't refuse <laughs> to do it. Don't be arrogant. Don't say I got Mac together. Even if you think you do, come on, it's something you can do. It's not that big a deal. Like me, I'm always talking to people. So why shouldn't I, you know, drink my own medicine? Uh, and so it's hard for me to do that. I'm not, I'm not by nature an open, like, oh, let's be introspective together, you know, person that, that is just not me. So it takes, it, it takes some effort for me to do that. 
but I, I do have people around me that I trust even when I feel stupid, I still trust them. And so give your wife permission to talk to somebody. Wives, make sure he is in agreement with who you're talking to. And when when she asks you to talk to somebody, just go talk to somebody. Just go do it. That's good advice. I think we'll close with this next thing. And um, we're going to do at least one, maybe two more podcasts in the ne- in the weeks to hey, come. Hey, we didn't agree to that. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that Keith, I often tell him I'd love to just talk to men about this in general because Keith has done this very well and it has really helped me a lot. And that is, you know, I have a lot of ideas about ministry, about a lot of things. But, you know, as we've been in ministry together, I've had a lot of things from God that I I really wanted to institute. And, like, ideas about women's ministry, you know, youth, all kind of things. And there were times where I would need Keith to spend a large amount of time processing with me, and I would just run through every idea I had and every um, objective and, you know, piece by piece, how am I going to walk this out, outlines of what I came up with, all kind of things. And he was very good about sitting with me and processing that information with me. And I know I've actually asked um, wives at times how their husband felt about maybe their passion or their passion in ministry. And, and oftentimes they've said, well, we haven't talked much about it. And that's one thing that we have really done well. <clears throat> We've got a cup of, gotten a cup of coffee, sat down and just went over those things. And then I had a lot of liberty then to jump in and move forward full speed ahead with those visionary ideas. So do you want to comment on that and just even encourage the men? Well, the word husband is from the word husbandman, which is to bear fruit. So I think, you know, even in the midst of some of our struggles, you know, we realized that we were called together and I still have, you know, I want you to be fruitful. I want to celebrate you and your gifts and your ideas. And so that means, you know, I'm a big believer in sitting down with people and discipleship and mentoring and investing in people. And of course, I think that starts with you. Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of women that are tremendous assets that are sitting on the bench of the church mm. and aren't getting into the batting order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they need a space. They need a place at the table. Yeah, that's good. So it's important for us as women to, you know, pursue our husbands in that way and just say, Hey, there are things in my heart. There are, there are things that I really want to do, and, and I, I need you to partner with me in that. I need you to hear my heart, pray with me, pray this through, and, and see it come to fruition. And as Keith said, you know, for the men, obviously jump on board on that because that really means a lot, and it really strengthens your ministry together as a couple. I used to talk to women a lot about, they would say, how, how do I um, release my husband to ministry? You know, he's got so much responsibility and I would say you release your husband to the ministry by being a part of the ministry. And so find out what that looks like. Find out what God's called you to and then partner together with that. So thanks so much for being a part of our podcast today. It was fun doing it together. Oh, it was a barrel of monkeys. You stop it. <laughs> cynical. <clears throat> not, not cynical. Sarcastic. <laughs> Sarcastic. So thanks again. We'll see you next time. And I love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. 
For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.